yeah. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the show. Not the same scene. Okay. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here. All right. We're just feeling the groove. Finally. Oh, my God. Here we go, everybody. We just started the show at 9-11 on 9-11. All right. How about that? Shout outs to the number nine and the number 11. We all remember this day as the day Steve Renazizi lied about being in Tower One. Shout out. Fucking dork. Your rent's due, motherfucker. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. This is not, not the, the same, same thing. thing podcast. All right. This is my show. Welcome. Cheers. I got the cameras actually working this time. Shit. Okay, I got the red dots. I got to pay attention to the red dots. Last time. Last time. Uh, it One of the cameras did not record. And also last time. I was all over the place. So. This is essentially a redo of episode one. All right. Thank you very much. Um, I heard about this drug. I said, let me take it. It was my suggestion. I said, let me take it. And it was incredible the way it worked. Incredible. Okay. So thank you, Donald. Anyways, guys, welcome to the show. My name is Ryan Summers, a.k.a. Not Summers, a.k.a. Lion Scummers, a.k.a. Whatever the fuck you want to call me. All right, go for it. Do what you want to do. We got Guadalupe, the candle here. If you're listening to the audio version only... That's fine. Now, the other day, I did actually set up in here. I recorded an episode. This was, I mean, what's today? Sunday. So this was like Thursday? Thursday. I just said, F it. I'm gonna freaking record. I don't give an F. Shoot dang. I'm just gonna freaking record. I had some notes. I made some notes from that show, but... I deleted that episode, so I'm redoing episode one, okay? Okay, now, I did release the original episode, bef you know, obviously before I deleted it, but if you happen to have downloaded that episode, you still have it. You can listen to it. It's kind of a disaster show, and I apologize. I couldn't keep my story consistent. I had too many notes. I put too much pressure on myself. I put too much pressure on myself for episode one, and I've tried to record this several times. So anyways, welcome to the show, you guys. Today, I decided I'm just going to do, uh, I'm just going to talk about my personal story. So that's what this show is titled, My Personal Story, okay? Because I had like 13 different stories that I was trying to tell on the original one, but it just didn't work out. Now, my attention span was just, all over the place. And if you tried to listen to it, if you did listen to it, 
you know, maybe you're kind of lucky because, you know, it's not going to be around. You know, there might only be several of you guys that heard that one. So camera one, camera two, how you guys doing? All right. Now there's, there is a video version, obviously YouTube, check it out. You're watching this on YouTube. If you are great. So welcome everybody. We're going to get right into it. What I want to talk about is essentially kind of how I got here. Okay. Now, if you know anything about me, um, if you don't, I'll tell you, uh, you know, currently I'm a real estate broker, photographer, uh, Pacific Northwest outdoor enthusiast, um, third gen forerunner. Um, I like to travel around Washington, uh, the Northwest and camp out in my rig and take photos of sunrises and sunsets. You know what I mean? That old chestnut. Um, I do real estate. Actually, I just put an offer in on a house. It's pending inspection. The inspection's tomorrow. Monday, one o'clock, Tacoma. I might be moving to Tacoma, everybody. So uh, look forward to that. I will be setting up a studio. This studio is just going to move right back to fucking uh, goddamn fucking the new place. So right now I'm in Edmonds. I'm renting a apartment in the downstairs of a house. I am a tenant. So uh, shout outs, Hemecula. Um, anyways, let's go ahead and get right into the story. Are you guys ready? I mean, do you want to sing a song? Do you want to dance? Um, let's just, uh, creep in like this here, like this here. Okay, guys. Could you please just let me check out my groceries? I don't think so. Let me make sure I know what I'm doing here. I'm sorry, but I don't need your help. Yes, you do, motherfucker. Okay. All right, everybody. My story starts like this. Um, essentially, I'm going to be talking about uh, how I arrived where I am today. And where I am today, I'm a pretty happy guy. You know? I'm a positive thinker. I, uh would uh, consider myself to have experienced a mild level of success. I've been able to afford this studio setup. So here we are. Um, I don't know where to begin. I'm just going to kind of start winging it. I jotted down a few notes. And um, in the previous episode, the one I had deleted, I was giving you guys a brief history of um, what I've done for work since high school. And... Around the time, I guess when I was in my mid-20s, you know what I mean? Like, I came from, like, a pretty heavy, like, party background, you know? Mostly just weed and uh, alcohol. Um, so, you know, I am going to be talking about, I mean, this, this story is going to involve drug use. Drugs! Psychedelic! Psychedelia. Psychedelia. Okay, enough of that. Um, so I am a proponent of uh, the use of psilocybin mushrooms. So essentially, the uh, bolts and nuts of this story is how I healed myself using psilocybin, microdosing. All right? I healed myself of the depression and started ridding the anxiety with uh, 
meditation, yoga, um, health and fitness, eating the right foods, eliminating the bad foods. Um, and it all starts back in about 2015. 2015, the year of our Lord, I went to visit my friends, Ryan and Brenda, before they got married. They lived in a, an apartment in Magnolia, Washington, Seattle. And I was over there visiting, hanging out, chilling. Um, they would later become my roommates. But in, at this particular day, um, Brenda, she just casually brought up a question. She asked me, hey, Ryan, you ever, do you meditate? You ever meditated before? You want to try it? I was like, I'm down, fam. I'm down. And uh, she put on some kind of, I believe it was like a transcendental, just guided meditation. Just She pulled up the YouTube and it was kind of late at night. Um, so we did the, we did a little meditation. I think I fell asleep, but, you know, I really felt it. I got into that trance state right away. So 2015, seven years ago, I was 33 or four. I was 33 or 34. Um, so this was about the first time I ever tried meditation. And since then, I started meditating somewhat regularly. Not every single day, but somewhat regularly. All right, there's a book that I was reading. Russell Simmons. I think it's called like uh, Seven Steps to Success or something like that. Let's see. Um, what is it called? Let's look it up. Let's look up the book. Here, all called Do You, fam. Yellow. Where'd you go? Sucker. Here it is. This is one of the first books I read. Russell Simmons. You see him? How do you how do you zoom? See that guy? Russell Simmons. Do you? Oh my god, there's a forward by Donald Trump. Darnell Trampston. Hello. I'm the president of the United States. I'm not the president of other countries. So I read this book. It's called Russell Simmons, Do You? I read this in 2015. Say what you want about Russell Simmons. I don't really care. Uh, but the one of the laws of success that he talked about was meditation. I believe he's also vegan. Now, I did get into some vegan plant-based stuff a little bit later down the road. So 2015, I was warming up. I was just starting. I read this book, super inspired by his story. Um, it's a good book. I would read it. If you're interested in motivation and success, I would definitely read this book, The 12 Laws of Success by uh, Russell Sims. So he talks about meditation. So I, I took that to heart because I was in a place in my life where I really was aspiring to be so, somewhat of an entrepreneur. I, I wanted to start a clothing brand. I wanted to be in a successful band. Um, I wanted to become a photographer. So right around this time, I was um, diving deep into photography. I bought my first DSLR in 2012. And uh, I've been taking photos and been into like video, video cameras and all that stuff. Ever a very young age, always had video cameras around. My friends, my dad had one. And uh, I've always just been into it. And 
So 2012 bought a DSLR. So 2015, I think I got my first like 5D Mark II with an actual red ring 35 millimeter lens. So that was sort of a game changer. And um, so I'm learning photography. I'm starting to meditate. So this is the very beginning of my route. This is the very beginning of, of rewriting my story, rewriting my subconscious. So as you can imagine, since 2015 up until now, you know, I've, I've figured all that stuff out and it's become a habit. It became habitual. So I started to change the neurons in my brain, the neuroplasticity, if you will, and rewriting my subconscious um, DNA structures, if that makes any sense. It gets a little weird. I get it. Now, there's a lot that goes into this stuff. It's not something you can really just start one day and then be a changed person the next day. Like habits take a long time to form in your brain. And when habits become regular activity in your life, it steers your life into a different direction. So I'm going to try my best to accumulate all of this into Today's story. This is my personal freaking story. You do need my help, sir. Can't you see that, you son of a bitch? So, thank you for joining me uh, once again. So, let's uh, let's take it back. 2015, started meditating. I read Russell Simmons' book. And I started meditating. I tried to do it regularly, every single day. And I was actually achieving this trance-like state of mind once I was sitting in stillness for at least 20 minutes. And I would do it every morning. I would sit in my bed and cross my legs like Lotus style. And um, it'd be, it, it, it'd be kind of hard to get used to. It's not the most comfortable thing. And you have to be very disciplined to force yourself to do this every day. But when you start doing it every day, it becomes a habit. And the habit is uh, lifestyle. It just it just starts to be incorporated into your everyday lifestyle. So this is what I started to do. And I just had a feeling that doing this was going to help elevate me into where I wanted to be in life. So essentially, you're trying to create your own reality. Um, a lot of people get, get kind of freaked out by the word manifest and talking about the law of attraction, but this is essentially where I'm going with all this stuff. All right, stick with me, guys. Stick with me. We're just getting started. So um, meanwhile, I'm not doing the best things in my life as far as partying. Um, you know, I had a job that I really didn't like. I was in construction. I was a finished carpenter for a company, a door company, and I became a project manager. And I basically got to a position where I just started half-assing it. Now, don't get me wrong. I was with this company for seven years, starting in 2008. You know, that was the last little recession that we had. 2008, you know, shit hit the fan. Uh, real estate market, stock market, everything just kind of crashed. So we had an actual recession in 2008. If you don't remember that, you, you, here you go. Just telling you. And uh, so I got a job with a Finnish company, cabinets, doors, and I was busting my ass, you know. I was trying super hard to uh, move up in the company. I never asked for a raise. Actually, what happened in 2009, I got a pay cut. I started making, I started that job making $17.50 an hour, got a pay cut down to 15 bucks an hour. Now, that kind of sucks. But at the same time, 
I had this mindset of hard work pays off, even though I did not like doing that work. I was a carpenter for a number of years. I just didn't find joy in it. You know, I knew it wasn't for me. Like I just knew when I was at this job, I just knew it wasn't for me. Every single day I was acting like a carpenter. I just knew in the back of my mind, I was like, I shouldn't be here. I should not be here. This is not for me. This is not my DNA. There's something else. There's just something else, you know? It's just that overwhelming feeling that you just experience every single day. So that's not like, also, it's not really a good place to be. But knowing what you don't want to do is probably step number one. Instead of, you know, figuring out what you should be doing, if you learn what you don't want to do, that is a great place to start because you're trying different things. And if it's not working for you, then it's not working for you. So it's pretty hard to determine. You just really have to like know yourself and know what you want. So I was a carpenter. I uh, didn't like my job. Um, 2008, 2009, 2010. I, I really just hated this job so much. And uh, it's not even good to talk about this stuff. I don't like reflecting on things that I was unhappy with because um, I want to always focus on things that I enjoy, things that bring me joy. But I'm telling you guys this story. So um, this was part of it. And uh, it led me to some dark days, I suppose. It led me to... Uh, feeling like I always had a dark cloud over my head, feeling like the world's against me, feeling like everything was just not working out in my favor. And that's just truly how I felt. And I was angry. I was like entering like a world of depression. Ooh, poor baby, poor baby. Are you delusional? Do, are, do you suffer from a mental illness? Uh, maybe, dude. I, I thought I did. So now... We can start fast forwarding myself all the way up to about, okay, so 2008, recession, got a job, 2015, started meditating, started meditating regularly. Around 2015, I had moved out of that house from Brenda and Ryan, and I moved in with a gal friend in Seattle, lived with her, and that's when I started experimenting with different diets, like keto. I started keto diet. Now, that was horrible. That really kicked my depression into like super low mode. There were certain days I just lay in bed, wouldn't eat anything, felt like shit. My brain was just gone. And I was, I'd finished that one job, that carpentry job. So 2007, 14, 15, that one uh, project management finished company, door company that I worked for. Dude, it got to a point where I just walked off the job. I didn't even tell them I was quitting. I just walked off the job. Didn't tell anybody. Didn't call them. There's, they started calling me for like three or four days and I was not answering the calls. I was in like such a dark place. I just really honestly did not give a fuck about anything at all. And that's not a good place to be, ladies and gentlemen. I was in a relationship at that time. And if you're not happy with yourself, you're not going to be happy in a relationship. Trust me. So... There came a point, uh, back to the uh, when I walked off the job, they actually reached out to my dad, who was my emergency contact. And they asked him, they're like, hey, have you heard from Ryan? He hasn't shown up to the job. So my dad called me. He's like, yeah, dude, your fucking office is calling me. Like, what's good? What's going on? I was like, yeah, I fucking quit. He's like, yeah, well, you should probably call them, let them know. And I did. I called somebody. There were some good people at that company that I trusted and that I liked. And so I reached out to them and just said, hey. I'm just going through some shit. I'm not into it. I'm not coming back. That's it. Peace out. Um, 
So yeah, 2015, 2016. So I quit that job. Wasn't stoked about life. I was in a dark place. I did get another job as a carpenter for a remodel company, much smaller outfit. That lasted for a few months because getting back into that kind of work, it just, I was still in that circle of that mindset of where I just did not want to be there. I just, that wasn't for me, but even you have to make money, right? You have to fucking have a job. You have to pay rent. You have to pay bills. Dude, I was going into debt. My credit was absolute shit. I had these uh, like credit cards, like Best Buy. I think I had a Capital One card. Dude, I had a truck. I had an S10 truck that I had a loan on. And that thing got a, what's it called when your truck gets picked up by the bank? A repo? Yeah, that thing got repoed. Um, that happened to me twice. So that even happens later down the road. Gosh, I was such an idiot. I've done all the dumbest things in life. Okay. I have done all of the most stupidest things you can do. I was completely irresponsible. Credit cards just said, fuck it. I don't care about my credit. Fuck it. You know, in the back of my head, I knew one day I was like, fuck it, dude. I'm going to figure it out. One day I'm going to be fucking rich. I'm going to get money. I'm going to get fat paid one day. I'm going to just have fucking cash money. So it'll be all good. Really crazy. You know, it's not safe. I did not play the safe route. The girl friend that I had at that time, she was playing the safe route. She did good in school. She went to college. She got a job. She paid her bills. That was how she was raised. That was the life she lived. I was the complete opposite. How did we shack up? I have no idea. You know, I was an idiot. Not, you know, I was an idiot in the respect that I just didn't have, you know, love for myself, essentially, at the end of the day. Um, she was a great girl and uh, whatever. So I was a fucking depressed guy. I think one day when I was on that keto diet, keto fucked me up, man. Keto was horrible for your brain. Not good at all. It totally changes your whole like wiring, you know, instead of um, burning energy off of sugar, you're burning energy off of like fats. I think like you get into ketosis you get the keto flu for a few days and then you're in ketosis. Now, what this does, I don't really know the science of it, but what it does is it basically just switches your, your energy system around and then your, your uh, I don't know, some glands, what is it? Your adrenal glands? Your adrenal glands, adrenal, adrenal glands kick into overdrive and they release um, some kind of chemicals. I'm an idiot. Uh, but it actually, it makes your skin look really healthy because your adrenals are in overdrive. So you actually look healthy. You get skinny as fuck. I didn't lift any weights. I didn't exercise, but I was like super fucking like trim. I was super cut. The first time in my life, first time in my life, I had a, like a six pack. But also at the same time, I was super depressed, not having fun at all. I remember waking up one day and telling my girlfriend, I remember telling her that I didn't want to live. I remember just saying that to her just one morning. I was just, I was at the end of it all. I was like at the end of my rope, dude. I'd hit a wall. I was like trying to chase my dreams as a photographer, clothing brand. I was working so hard. I've worked so hard in all these things. And I was just at my wits end. I was at the end of my line, end of the rope, dude. So, uh, yeah, you know, she actually got like looked up phone numbers for like hotlines to talk to and, you know, the first step when you actually are having like suicidal thoughts 
And then those, because I was seriously having suicidal thoughts all the fucking time. All the fucking time, dude. I was in such a bad, bad, bad negative place. And uh, when you're having those kind of thoughts, you really, instead of your behaviors that are like cries for help, you know, I just expressed it one day. I was like, shit, I really don't want to fucking kill myself. I really don't want to do that. That'd be fucking way too far. But I just, I needed, I was crying for help and I needed help. And so I expressed myself just saying that. And uh, so, yeah, I'd never really called any of those phone numbers. I just, I think for some reason I, I felt a little bit better by just saying that, by just speaking it. And then she really understood Actually, she, she couldn't relate to me at all, but she just understood that I was in a bad place. So she was really there for me, helping me. That's why I say she's like a good chick because she actually like had, was, had patience and she dealt with me and dealt with my bullshit and kind of, she was just there for me. She just listened. She was just, she just always listened to me. She was always there, man. But shit, I feel so bad because I was in such a dark place all the time. Not all the fucking time. Like I was manic. I think I was like manic, kind of bipolar, sort of weird. So sometimes I was great. Sometimes I was really fucking not. And when I was really not great, it was just this dark feeling that in a, in a weird, sick way, I didn't want to let it go. It's like once you get depressed and you're in that dark place, it's almost like you kind of like want to stay there because you can't imagine yourself being happy. When you're that dark, depressed, you can't even imagine yourself being happy. So I'm compressing this story. I'm really crushing it down into like a small version. But you got to imagine like day after day, year after year, all this stuff just kind of compiles and you just you have these you have bad neuro connectors in your brain. So as you can imagine, I was just super fucked up. I was so fucked up, but nobody knows this. Nobody really knows this shit. You know, I was so broke. Being broke sucks ass the worst fucking thing there were so many christmases where i went home and i just couldn't give my family any presents i just felt like shit i just felt so fucking stupid just felt like shit dude you know calling my mom to borrow money for gas borrowing money for rent it was just freaking pathetic dude and meanwhile i'm in my 30s doing this shit i'm in my fucking 30s doing this shit so it's like no fucking excuse, man. It's fucking garbage. So yeah, dark place, all right? But at the same time, I'm meditating. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm to me trying to meditate, trying to better myself, trying all these different avenues. So from keto, from the ketogenic diet, I went vegetarian, all right? My girlfriend and I, we started vegetarian. Did that for maybe a couple months to a year, and that slowly drifted into plant-based diets. I'm spitting. That turned into a plant-based diet. So now, 2016, we moved out of that Fremont apartment, moved into the Central District, and Central District, this was about, okay, late 2016. October of 2016, actually. October 2016. Moved to the Central District. Sweet little apartment. Central District, kind of the hood. So, it was a new start. It was kind of a fresh start. I was still in a dark place, though. But I was taking my meditation seriously. Now, here's where things get interesting. I was taking meditation super seriously, right? The plant-based diet 
I wasn't eating any animals. <laughs> I wasn't eating any animal meat or products. There was no dairy. So essentially, when you're a vegan, plant-based, you're not consuming sentient beings, supposedly. I mean, if you eat plants, plants could be sentient, whatever. But the energy that animals experience when they die, like it, it, it stays in their body. That energy stays in their body. You know what I mean? Imagine a fucking cow dying the fucking fear the cow goes through that fear gets shot that adrenaline gets shot into the cow's body now supposedly this is what i believed i think i was also sort of brainwashed by some of these netflix documentaries some of these fucking cowspiracy what was the other ones uh, uh i don't know there is like I'm talking 2016ish there were some netflix documentaries about vegan cuz i think there was like a vegan agenda I really think there was some kind of, I don't trust Netflix a whole lot. If you look into it and who runs Netflix, supposedly the original CEO of Netflix, like his dad or grandpa was one of the dudes that came up with propaganda, essentially, how to market people, how to fucking brainwash and market people through propaganda. So all that shit gets super duper deep. Um, so anyways, I was on the vegan trip, but I was meditating now, here's what happened one time. This is 2017. Get it. I'm sorry. 2016, April, October, Seattle. few months. I felt like I was getting to a fresh start. So I was trying my best. Still meditating, right? Still trying new things. Going for it. Now, one day, I was meditating in my little computer chair. Because that's what I did every morning. Sometimes, I'm, I'm sometime, at some time, I started some Wim Hof breathing exercises. And this girl I was dating, she was also into yoga. So I was learning how to do yoga as well. So I was doing a meditation one day, just sitting in my little style. And I was always having these deep trance meditations, these uh, very trance-like meditations. I would get into this place in my brain. I'm talking like 5, 10, 15 minutes into a meditation. I would get into this place, this trance-like state where my brain just really like, it just kind of like everything really stopped and my brain just I it, it visually it looked like I was in this room and there was all these doors and each door was like a different avenue of thought and it was kind of like I could almost see the neuro connections of where my mind goes and so when you're meditating you're you're focusing on your breath and uh Everything just kind of slows down. Your brain slows down. That's why you get into this trance-like state. And eventually, this is what led myself and my friend Vanzel starting a podcast called The Lifted Scene because this was the metaphor of that trance-like state because we called it, this was like your brain gets sort of lifted and you're in this scene. It's a lifted scene. So it, it was breaking down into like, I was in a room, there's all these doors. And each door was like a different avenue of thought. All right. So one time when I was meditating, I was just sitting there, right? Just sitting in that lotus position. And all of a sudden, dude, I felt this electromagnetic force around me in the shape of a triangle. So fucking real, like a triangle around my body. I felt this magnetic force, an electromagnetic force. It just 
I don't really know how to explain it, but I'm trying to explain it right now. It felt like there was a triangle around me. Now, I don't know if anybody else has felt like this, but I feel like spiritually and energetically, this was like my spaceship. This triangle was my spaceship. Now, let me remind you, I was plant-based, not eating the animals. I was doing Wim Hof exercises, breathing exercises, and yoga. So meditation, plant-based diet, yoga, breathing exercise, breathing exercises, all these things were helping me to reach this realm. This only happened once. Now, it was an incredible feeling. Um, I couldn't ever reach this feeling again. I'm going to fucking turn down this noise gate a little bit. Threshold here, boys and girls. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm still kind of new at all this shit, dude. I got so much stuff here, dude. There's a fucking DBX compressor, a mixing board. Woo! Shit's crazy, dog. So, all right, let's get into it. The triangle energetic field. Does anybody know what that means? Does anybody know what that means? Is there anybody out here who's experienced the same thing? Has anybody experienced that? Here's another one. There's another thing that happens when you meditate. When you're in that trance-like state, and if it feels like your body is like, if it feels like your hands are like really big, if it feels your, your, your hands and your, your whole body starts to feel what they call the ballooning effect, ballooning effect. This is where you just, you feel an auric field around you. I don't, man, this sounds so fucking crazy and stupid. If you don't know what I'm talking about, this sounds fucking crazy and stupid, but what I'm trying to tell you is there's a thing out there called the ballooning effect. And it just, it just feels like you're wearing these big, huge, like Mickey Mouse gloves. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Mickey Mouse at Disneyland, how he has those big white gloves. Look it up, dog. Look it up, dog. Let's fucking check it the fuck out. Let's just go for the gold. Ballooning effect. Let's start with there. Let's look it up. The ballooning effect is caused by... Okay, that's fucking... Ballooning effect during meditation. Meditation. How do you spell that shit? I don't know. The ballooning effect caused by the fucking... What happened, dog? What happened, dog? Where'd it go, bro? Jesus Christ, dude. I'm looking it up, sorry. During meditation. All right, guys, bear with me. If you're watching the video, you're chill. But if you're listening to the audio, I'm just Googling some shit real quick. Okay, can't fucking find that shit. God damn it. Anyways, what else was I going to look up? I don't know. Mickey Mouse, motherfucker. Mickey Mouse, man. Mickey Mouse hands, bitch. All right, see it? What I'm talking about. Mickey Mouse motherfucking hands. Feel me, dog? How do you fucking goddamn fucking Yeah, dude. Mickey Mouse motherfucking hands, dog. I gotta get better at this fucking scrolling shit, bro. So anyways, those are Mickey Mouse hands. Mickey Mouse big fat Mickey Mouse hands. That's what it feels like. It kind of feels like your whole body is these wearing these big, fat Mickey Mouse hands. 
And can I just do this? Mother F. All right. I don't have my voice dictation working. Um, anyways, we'll skip it. Ballooning effect. All right. So these are things that happen when you meditate. And I was taking my meditation very seriously, creating the habit of meditating every day. Now let's fast forward to 2017, around February. Meditation, okay? Also, behind the scenes, from 2015, 16, 17, um, I really dove into the photography world of Instagram. All right? And uh, I was paying attention to Seattle-based photographers, um, city shooters, right? People that shot like street photos. And around that time, you know, there was a lot of photographers that are very unique, very original. And Instagram was like, people were just blowing up. Um, one of which was my buddy, well, now friends now, this kid named Hollis, aka Boca Rang. Okay. I was, he was uh, a dude on Instagram, basically just a stranger, just a guy, but I was inspired by his photos and, you know, I fucking started hitting him up and eventually one day we met up down in Seattle. We met up at um, this building in Capitol Hill because right on Cap in Capitol Hill, if you go up on Olive, there's an apartment. I think it's right on Olive and there's an apartment that has the parking lot down below. It's not a parking lot. It's just a little chill area, but there's a Pac-Man fucking, there's a big, huge Pac-Man fucking painting on the ground, right? Pac-Man, you know, check, check, check. Uh, let's see if I can fucking look it up, dude. It's better to have the visual representation, man. Capitol Hill. It's right here, you dumb son of a bitch. What the hell's going on? See? This is it, ladies and gentlemen. We're here. Do you see what I'm talking about? Those of you at home listening to the audio, you can't see this. But if you're watching the video version, you can see there's a building right here. This is where I fucking I met. This is where I met up with Hollis that day. And uh, this was brand new. When this was just painted, this building right here, I had, I walked into the building. The, the fucking door was like unlocked. So I just walked in and just, jammed up the stairs and got on the roof and started shooting photos just like this. I could look it up. I could show it to you, but I'm not gonna. So that day, fucking hit up Hollis. I was like, yo, dog, fucking I got access to this building. Let's go check it out. So that was the day we fucking met. And that same day I met a dude named Dylan Greenwood. Okay. And I did not realize how this was going to steer my life that day. The direction my life started going after this day was a whole new direction. Now, this is what I'm talking about, guys. Habit, lifestyle, small choices that you make every single day will steer your life into a whole new direction, my bros. So I come to find out this dude Hollis lives just right up the street from me in Central District. I had just moved to Central District. And uh, we started kicking it like every single day. Now, mind you, he was a sick-ass photographer. I was still kind of brand new. I specifically remember the first day hanging out with him, 
maybe the first or second day, he showed me some photos that he was editing, photos that he was taking. And I remember going home that day and walking into the fucking living room and seeing my girlfriend. And I was, I like looked at her dead in the eye, just kind of like dropped my shit and looked at her. And I was like, I was like, dude, she was like, what's up? What's wrong? I was like, bro, I know nothing about photography. I was like, it was like, a, it was one of those fucking like realizations of like, I was like, I felt, I felt brand new after seeing what this dude could do with a camera and editing on fucking Lightroom, seeing what he could do, I was like, I was like, holy shit. There's a whole other world that I'm about to jump into. I didn't, I don't, I don't think I realized it at the time because I, I was just so blown away by the fact that I just, I, I knew nothing about photography, even though I had been shooting for a couple years with a DSLR and I'd messed around with photo and video. So I had a fucking, I, had, I was in the realm of it, but this day, changed the direction of my fucking photography career and like i said i met dylan greenwood that same day i went on to shoot music videos with dylan greenwood he taught me a bunch of shit about videos now i started kicking it with hollis almost every fucking day he was my neighbor so we would meet up every single fucking day and just go walk around seattle drive around seattle he introduced me to a bunch of people a bunch of artists fucking greaves motherfucking uh goddamn greaves dude you know he was shooting with he was like a professional photographer you know he had, he was actually shooting portraits cityscape landscape he was the real fucking deal also he worked in construction so you know we really just vibed we just fucking for some fucking reason we goddamn just got along really well now he also introduced me to a kid named gavi 206 shooter young gentleman i think he was like 16 at the time Meanwhile, I'm telling you, bros, I was like 35. I was like 30 fucking five. Hollis might have been like 28-ish, 29, some shit. He also introduced me to a kid named Dip Sauce. All right. And there's this other fucking guy, Tim. I don't know, fucking Tim. Erpman. Tim Erpman, dude. So this one fucking slight projection of my life, meeting Hollis, like the very next day, he introduced me to these other fucking just like, to me, these were all-star photographers. These were all-stars, dude. I was low-key fucking blown away, like meeting 206 Shooter, Dip, and fucking Tim Ertman. And they're just fucking chill-ass dudes, all just kicking it. And we were just running around Seattle. I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it that I was rolling with these guys for a minute. I didn't, honestly, I didn't really hang out with Tim or Dip Sauce any, at any time after that, really. Really didn't see those guys much, but it was just that one fucking day. Um, so anyways, that just set the trajectory of my photography career in a whole new direction. I felt like I just became a part of this photography community in Seattle. Now, there was also this other thing called Street Meet Seattle, which the homie Flynn, PNW, shout outs, um, he started that shit in uh, Seattle. And that's when I met a bunch of other photographers. Flynn being one of them. Became a good friend of mine. Love that guy. Hollis, still a good friend of mine. Love that guy. So, yeah. So he introduced me to some photographers. We hung out. Now, there's another person that I met. I reached out to a guy. I reached out to this dude who had a YouTube channel called Gains and Ganja. All right? 
This dude's name was Van Zell. Van Zell Kirk, the third. All right. You guys might know him as Mycotrophic. All right. On Instagram, 2017, I reached out to him because I was like, yo, bro, do you need a photo shoot? I'm just trying to fucking build a portfolio and get better at portraits. You seem like a cool dude. Do you need, you want a free photo shoot? He was like, hell yeah. So I met up with him, gave him a photo shoot. Now him and I fucking hit it off like bros, dude. Like a brother from another mother, dude. Because he was into meditation. He was also into like plant-based diets, yoga, Wim Hof breath work. Dude, we fucking just hit it off like so hard. Now, mind you, I don't think I was fucking really working back then. Working meaning like having a job. I had quit. I had quit. Um, I had quit. Goddamn freaking. I walked off this other remodel job that I was doing. Just fucking quit. Just didn't show up. Because I think I was having like these weird kind of panic attacks on the job. I just fucking hated construction. I hated remodel. I hated tools, chop saws, skill saws, and ladders, and plywood, and going to lumber stores, and driving around town. I fucking hated it all. So I just fucking quit. Just fucking stopped going. So I was basically an unemployed guy trying to do photography, trying to do freelance photography. Luckily, the gal I was with, she fucking really took one for the team and was the supporter of us. And uh, I was trying my best. To be honest, dude, those years in freelance, I only made maybe like eight or $9,000 a year, maybe maxed out at like 10, 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19. There was like a four or five year stretch where I made fucking pennies, dude. A couple hundred bucks here at a photo shoot, maybe a couple thousand dollars for a few weddings during the summer. So I was trying to build, but I was also grinding super hard, grinding, working every day, super fucking hard. So 2017, I meet Van Zell. Him and I hit it off so fucking hard. Now we just become buddies. Oh, he had a fucking show called Gains and Ganja on the YouTube. And, and then, you know, him and I, whenever we were together, we just had such like riveting conversations that we were just like, dude, let's start a podcast. We need to fucking start recording this shit. The shit we're talking about, we need to just fucking hit record and fucking go. We're like, no more conversations, dude, until we have microphones and we just press record. That's what's up. So right out the gate, we started a show called The Lifted Scene, a little podcast, because the meditation we were into, it got us to that, that trance-like state, so we called the show The Lifted Scene. So uh, we ended up recording probably like 70 or 80 episodes together. Um, like I said, I was fucking broke, dude. I was a broke joke, so I couldn't even afford um, keeping that podcast alive. Um, but that, I think it was a pretty successful show, actually. Um, Vanzel was just so good at like promoting it, um, getting products to talk about from different companies. He was he was just the ace, dude. And I was sort of the guy that's you know I brought some comedy relief. I was producing the whole podcast. I had the mixing board and the microphones, and I set everything up. And you know it was a pretty equal partnership because we each had our, each had our jobs. So meanwhile. We're doing the lifted scene now. Like I'm telling you, dude, we were just fucking bros 
going through the same type of like healing steps of healing ourselves through our mental fucking bullshit, our fucking mental ass traumas. And uh, he was just a big proponent in my life at that time to help me get through that type of stuff. Now, between meditation, every single day, meditating every morning, all right? Now, I still was going through my dark depression, depression things. Um, and it really wasn't until 2017, maybe, when the fuck was it? It was in 2018. March and April of 2018. Now this time, the girl I was dating and living with, she went to goddamn fucking Mount Everest. She took a fucking trip for a month to Mount Everest. And I was determined to fucking heal myself. I was determined to get over this fucking bullshit. Oh, key element. Key fucking element right here. The two-hour happy thought experiment. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can find this on YouTube, I don't know if you fucking can. I don't think I can even find it. Let's look it up. Two-hour happy thought experimental. Two-hour happy thought experiment. Vanzel introduced me to this. Da -da 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 -da. Where's the guy? Dude, are you going to fucking, is it going to be here? Oh, man, what's the dude's name? Of course, Google. Fucking Google. What's that? Duck, duck, goose. Let's try duck, duck, go, bro. Let's try that fucking search motherfucking engine, huh? I'll just, I'll click on the one with the ad. I never like clicking on the one with the ad. Two hour happy thought experiment. Sorry, I'm an idiot when it comes to typing words. Two hour thoughts of happiness. Dude, who's the fucking guy? Of course you can't fucking find it. Of course it's not freaking goddamn anywhere, dude. What's the guy's name? I will never remember the guy's name. If you know the guy who did the two-hour happy thought experiment, please tell me. Two-hour. How many times am I going to type this shit, bro? Bear with me, motherfuckers. You're in for a joy ride here. Of course, we're not going to find it. Robert Nozick. Dude. You know what? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised we can't fucking find it. Because this two-hour happy thought experiment will change your life. I'm not surprised I can't find it on YouTube. It probably got fucking banned or some shit. The two-hour happy thought experiment. All right. Sorry. Let me just tell you what it is. The two-hour happy thought experiment. Vanzel taught me this because I think he learned it from this guy. What's the guy's name? Monacaro Sarzo, Monacaro, Benicio, Benicio, Monacaro, Benicio or some shit. This dude. <sighs> so, uh. Fuck you, I'm trying to help you. Easy does it, lady. So, two hour happy thought experiment. I'll tell you about it. For two hours, you sit there. And every minute, for two hours, 
just 10 seconds of every minute for 10 seconds, you think of nothing but happy thoughts. All right. You set the fucking timer on your watch or your uh, phone. You set the timer. So every minute, like you just sit, sit through that minute, pick any 10 seconds. I, I picked 50 through 60. So I started it off. I was like, all right, let's go, fam. Two hours. I'm going to sit here and do this. So for two hours, every single minute, for 10 seconds on each minute, for 10 seconds, I did nothing but happy thoughts. And those happy thoughts for me personally, you know, I just thought about the times in my life when I was just the most excited, just the most happy I could be. And one of them was definitely uh, the first time I ever saw the Foo Fighters. I went to actually the very first Foo Fighters show ever, King Cat Theater. Now, the Foo Fighters technically played like a house party as their very first show. I'm talking, this is like 1995, bros. 1995, I was like 14 years old. My dad took me to this show. Um, Eddie Vedder had a band that opened up. Oh, Mike Watt. Mike fucking Watt, dude. Wouldn't it be crazy if uh, this shit was on King Cat Theater? I doubt we're going <gasps> to get the fuck out, dude. Holy balls. This is it. I was at this show. Okay, we're going to digress for a second. I need to check this shit out. This is the Foo, for, oh my God, Foo Fighters first live show in Seattle. Young ass Dave Grohl. Here we go. I barely remember this. Oh, hot mic, hot mic, hot mic. Check, 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 check. Hello, 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 hello. So anyways, this was a fucking glorious moment in my life. Let me tell you about it. Not only was just, you know, I was a super huge Nirvana fan growing up, you know. Nirvana was only a band. They were only around for like four years. And uh, when I was really young, like seventh grade, I'm talking like 10, 11, 12. I was huge into Nirvana when they were around. Never got to see them play live because I was that was before my time of going to concerts. But I was just getting ready to, you know, get to the age of where I can go to concerts. But, you know, then the dude fucking bye bye bam offed himself. You know what I'm saying, dude? So there was no more Kurt Cobain, no more Nirvana. So a year or two passed. And then homie Dave Grohl started the Foo Fighters. Now, this was their first show in Seattle. Now, when I was at this show, I remember uh, before the band played, I went to go to the concession stand and I stood in line. And uh, I was getting a soda, some snacks. So I'm just chilling in line. All of a sudden, like somebody kind of taps me on my shoulder and is like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. I need to get by you. I look up and the dude that taps on my shoulder and fucking walked right in front of me was none other than Chris Novoselich, bass player of Nirvana. Now I'm telling you, I'm a kid who fucking loved the shit out of Nirvana and Chris Novoselich fucking just walked by me. And my jaw dropped. I was just like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I was like, holy fucking balls. Not only was I about to see Dave Grohl in the Foo Fighters, I just saw Chris Novoselich walk right by me. And the guy standing next to me in line, complete stranger, he sees me, he sees the excitement in my face, and he goes, hey, did you know who the other guy was? Because Chris Novoselich walked by with some other guy. I was like, that was Chris Novoselich. 
that was Chris Novoselic. And he's like, yeah. But did you see the other guy he was with? I was like, no. He's, he's like, oh, that was Ben Sherman from Soundgarden. I was a bass player of Soundgarden. He was, I was like, well, I'm not a huge fan of Soundgarden, but I didn't know that. But that's pretty fucking sick, too. So this day was an incredible day in my life. Seeing the foos, dude. Seeing the motherfucking foos. Oh, yeah, great song, guys. They kind of sound like shit. Seen Pat Smear and the other guys that are in the band, they were from Sunny Day Real Estate. I don't know if you guys remember the band Sunny Day Real Estate, but that's uh, the drummer and the bass player over there and Pat Smear. Wow. I can't believe this is... Nineteen ninety-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check one, two. Okay. So, I digress just a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. The Foo Fighters. Okay. So back to the happy thought experiment. Now, this is what I was thinking about during that happy thought experiment, because this was the most pumped I had been in my life. It was the closest thing I got to see to Nirvana. And I had no idea the trajectory of the Foo Fighters career of what was to come. I had no fucking idea. I had no clue that they were going to become basically one of the biggest fucking bands in the world. And I don't think my dad did either, you know, taking me to that show. Like he was just taking me to that show to fucking really just do me a favor. You know, it was, it was the only thing we really did to bond. You know, we went to concerts. He took me to my first concert. He took me to Aerosmith. <laughs> Aerosmith at the, uh, what was called the Coliseum, now known as the Key Arena or Climate Pledge Arena, whatever they call it now. There was a band called Jackal that opened up. So the very first band I ever saw in my life was a band called Jackal, the motherfucker that plays with the chainsaw. Y'all want to see that son of a bitch, dude? Fucking Jackal. I'll show you Jackal here real quick. This is goddamn fucking horrible, bro. Vivo. This is the first band I ever saw in my life. Now, the thing about this band is this guy played a fucking chainsaw. Are they going to show it? Anyways, this guy played a chainsaw. He would bring a chainsaw out on stage. 
just fucking wild and wonky. <clears throat> that was the first band I ever saw in my life. Oh. Anyways. Jack will open up for Aerosmith. Aerosmith was the first concert I went to. Get a Grip Tour, 1993. And uh, yeah, this is kind of like how my dad and I bonded. He took me to the Rolling Stones, Bob Dylan, Aerosmith, and this Foo Fighters concert. Really got my start in concert going. From then, I went to my own fucking concerts. Um, concerts were the highlight of my life. So when I'm talking about this two-hour happy thought experiment, when every fucking minute, two hours, 10 seconds for every minute, I thought about these concerts because that was the joy of my life, dude. Let's see if we can find... Warped Tour... Tacoma Dome. Oh my God. You got to love. I don't think so. Uh, let's watch this because this is basically the same shit. Here's another concert. Well, back when Chino had dreadlocks, um, it was the first time I saw Deftones. It was like summer of 1996 at Warp Tour in Tacoma. I lived in Edmonds, Washington. I took the community transit bus from Edmonds to Tacoma. If you guys don't know what that means, that means I'm a 15, I'm a 14, 15 year old kid getting on a bus by myself, taking a bus to from Edmonds to the park and ride, park and ride to Seattle, another park and ride to Tacoma. Dude, just venturing off. I don't even think I told my parents I was doing that. Why would a kid get on buses and go to two of the fucking stinkiest cities in the world by himself? Because I wanted to see the Deftones. That's why, goddammit, I wanted to see the fucking Deftones, man. And I did. Uh, you better believe it. I did. And luckily, I ran into a kid I knew named Mike Love. Mike Love. And uh, he hooked me up with a ride home with some through some other guy that I didn't know. Man, <laughs> tell you guys, at the end of the day, I trust in the path that God fucking puts in front of me. When I believe in myself and I believe there's a way, I just have to put my faith in the good old Lord, because he was looking out for me that day. I met Chi Chang that day. I met Chi Chang. So let me just get back to what I was talking about. Two-hour happy thought experiment. I can't fucking stress it enough. Every minute, for 10 seconds on the minute, you got to think nothing but happy thoughts. So these are the happy thoughts I thought. Concerts. These things here. So for two hours, as you can imagine, every minute, how many fucking... There's 60 goddamn minutes in a fucking hour. So that's 120. There's 120 times you are thinking about happy thoughts for 10 seconds. Now what this does, ladies and gentlemen, what this does, I was told this is life-changing. And it was. Because this creates some neuro, some brand new neural connections in your brain of positive thinking. Because positive thinking, at the end of the day, is what leads you forward. The law of attraction, 
ties in with positive thinking. Because if you believe, you will receive, my friends. Woo! Positive thinking. So the two-hour happy thought experiment, bros. Not even kidding you. This changed my life. Because once I became happy, this is when my life really started to change. I will keep keep going there. All right. What are we? What are we? What are we? An hour in? We're already a fucking hour in, guys. I better fucking hurry it up. Good luck. Good luck. My cameras are still recording. God bless. Everything's working out. So, I mean, are you guys having a good time? Are you guys okay? You guys want to fucking uh, take a quick little break? Let me, um, let's take a quick little break. Okay. We are going to listen to some systems. All right. We're going to take a quick little break. I'll be right back. I need to go use the Restra. Two-hour happy thought experiment changes your life. I will be right back. Okay? To be continued. Everybody, 
All right, guys. I had to take a quick little butt rake. Now I'm back. My sweet green bed. Let's rock out. Here we are. We're back. Thank you for your patience, everybody. All right. We're going to continue with the story. Okay. System of Down. I love that band. So, as, 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 like we were saying, we're talking about the, uh, the two, the T H H E, the T H H E experiment. Um, this changed my life. This fucking changed my life because this leads me into what happened during March and April. Back up, back up, back up, back up. Remember when I said my girlfriend went to my girlfriend at the time, she went to uh, Mount Everest for a month long trip over there. And I stayed back. I stayed home. And I committed myself to you know, healing my bullshit. Here's what I did. I microdosed. I microdose. I microdose. Dr. Evil, can I paint this you who gold? How about new? Okay. Okay. I microdose. I had the hookup on some mushies, baby. And I got myself a little month long supply so every other day i took a small amount of psilocybin all right allegedly allegedly well don't get your uh don't get too excited here don't get too crazy we got to keep going with the story guys i gotta wrap this up man this is going way too long i'm not gonna do a part two we're gonna keep going you know what i'm saying so march april 2018 Every other day, I did some psilocybin. Small doses, right? I'm not tripping balls, but you take a couple of tablets, you know, maybe it was 0.2 of a gram. That's what I took in the morning or whatever. And usually I would forget that I took it. Usually I would just take it like a vitamin and just go on with my day. But here's what would happen. A couple hours in, I would like look outside, out the window, at the trees, at the park. And everything just looked a little bit brighter. Everything just looked a little more vivid. It's as if you put a, a vivid filter on your photo. But the photo is your eyes. It's your lenses. Everything just gets a little brighter, a little more vibrant. So, and then I'd be like, whoa, fuck. Damn, those trees look beautiful. I was like, wow. Everything looks incredible. I was like, why does everything look so rad? And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. I forgot. I, forgot. I, forgot. I ate mushrooms. Mushroom. 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 Wow. Wow. Here I am. Here I am. Here I, am. Here I, am. I forgot. I ate okay. mushrooms, dude. So, now what this was doing after incorporating this happy thought experiment, 
because once you start thinking about these happy thoughts, you just start getting more positive. You start letting go of the bullshit. So as you can imagine, this month that I did this, you have to take time with this. You can't be working a full-time job. You got to like take your time and be easy. So I was taking it easy. I was nurturing myself. I was nurturing my brain. I'm telling you, I trust the path God has carved out for me. And he allowed me this space, he or she, whatever. Christ consciousness, divine intervention, uh, uh, the universe, uh, intelligent design created a space for me because I had started aligning these things for myself. It goes back to the meditation. It goes back to the plant-based diet. Aligning my life to just queue up for these events to have a domino effect. And it led me to this month where I did the microdose. And I basically was just trying to think positively. I was also really starting to incorporate the law of attraction and just thinking positively, just believing things were going to work out for me. That's what you have to get to. You have to get to a place where, you know, don't expect yourself to be happy all the time, but think positively, no matter what, whatever happens in your life, you can't control the bullshit in your life, but you can control how you react to it. You can control how you respond. So you need to be uh, emotionally developed in this respect to be in control of yourself. You know what I mean? Because that's the only thing you can do in life. You can control yourself. So during this month, the microdosing helped me realign the neuro connections in my brain because like I told you earlier in the story, I was fucked up. I was completely effed back in like 2015 and 16 when I was just depressed. I was just completely fucking effed. I'm sorry, but I don't need your help. Yes, you do, motherfucker. Yeah, so I needed help. I really needed help. And now I was trying my best. I was realigning myself. Now, after this month, like, boom. I had made great strides in healing myself, okay? This was 2018, March and April. And that little guy who was inside that got depressed, the dark days, like, it just started to get quieter, that little voice in my head. Because I had these new voices in my head, you know? I had these new, happy, positive homies. And I was really, really, really trying to incorporate this stuff into my life. I was really trying. And like I said, when you're in control of your reaction to your situation, when you can just let things, oh, it doesn't bother me. I'm just going to think positively because in the law of attraction, when you're incorporating this in your life, you need to like believe that you already have the things that you want. You don't say like, I want money. I want $10,000. I want to be rich. You have to just start believing you are rich. You have to start saying like, I am rich. I am wealthy. So now what Vanzel was helping me do, he was helping me. Of course, I don't have a pen. He was helping me with affirmations. He, I was writing affirmations every single day. I'd wake up and I'd write my affirmations. I was doing some dream journaling. Even at night before I went to bed, I was writing down my affirmations of like, what I wanted to be in life because I was just imprinting in my brain. I was rewiring 
my subconscious, okay? Now, I'm just explaining this stuff to you in a really small compressed version, but this took years, years of my life. You know, I mean, essentially in 2017, 18, 19, these were the hardcore years when I really dug deep. Now, 2018, all right, I want to talk about shit. I left something out. I left out a story, baby. I left out a story. What you gonna do? I left out a story. Is it possible you're wrong? No. Well, let me tell you another thing. I left out this detail. The homie Hollis. All right. Here's what happened. Uh, Hollis was introducing me to the homies. He introduced me to a glass blower named Doobie Master. All right. Shout outs. Doobie Master. I was hanging out in Doobie Master's studio one day with the homie Bokarang. And I was talking about meditation. And I asked Doobie Master, I was like, dude, man, you guys meditate, man? Do you meditate? And Doobie Master kind of just looks at me, dude. He's like, hmm. He goes over to his little, like, tool tool fucking desk, opens a drawer, and he pulls out this little, like, container. Now, mind you, wax, shatter, concentrates, like THC concentrates were, like, just starting to be developed, kind of. Like, they'd been around, but this technology of, like, concentrated THC was out and about. So I thought he just, like, opened up a little thing of concentrated THC. He, like, shows it to me, and he's like, check this out. This is my meditation, man. That's what he said to me. He, like, grabs this little thing, and it's this, like, whitish, yellowish kind of powder. He opens it up. He's like, this is my meditation, man. And I'm like, I'm like, I'd grab it. I was like, oh. I was like, oh. Interesting. Cool. I was like, what's that? I don't, I don't even think I said, what's that? I tried to play it off like, oh, that's like, that's got to be some kind of weed or something like that. I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And then Hollis is like, Hollis looks at me and goes, do you know what that is? I was like, not really. What is it? Some concentrate, some, some weed stuff? He's like, nah, that's DMT, bro. I was like, oh, DMT? That's DMT, bro. Fucking DMT, Of course, if you're listening to goddamn Joe Rogan, like everybody was, he's talking about DMT. Everybody's talking about DMT. Us. Uh, oh, what's that other stuff? Os, Osh, Oshkosh, Bagosh, Ayahuasca. Yeah, I- Ayahuasca was the other hit. You know, I didn't do Ayahuasca. Never done Ayahuasca. But that day at Doobie Masters fucking studio, I did DMT. I did Fly me to the Fly moon, to the baby, moon. Baby, 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 baby. That was the first time I did dimethyltryptamine. DMT. What is DMT? If you newcomers haven't heard about it, dimethyltryptamine, it's a chemical in your brain that is created, I believe, in your pineal gland. Your pineal gland is inside your fucking brain. It's a little fucking pine cone shaped gland inside your brain. And they say that this gland is your access to like your third eye, your third eye connection to spirituality and, you know, consciousness or whatever dude like god and stuff okay you guys look it up figure it out if you if you know what i'm talking about let's roll with it let's roll with it dmt okay so this dmt 
it occurs in your brain, in your pineal gland, like usually three times in your life. When you go to sleep, like when you dream, when you're in deep REM sleep, when you're dreaming, the chemical gets released. When you're born, okay, in this order, when you're born, it gets released. It, it gets released in your dreams. And then it also gets released when you die. Okay? Now, you need to have a cleansed out pineal gland. All right? Now, there's things. Now, this, I'm not going to go down the rabbit holes, but, you know, fluoride that is in toothpaste and it's in our tap water and it's in the goddamn gargle ass fluoride that they used to come to your school when you're in elementary and they fucking, somebody came in and made you do fluoride without your parents' consent. That's for damn sure. When I was in elementary school, someone came in like once a week and you did a fluoride rinse. Ooh, shit, boy. Fluoride blocks your pineal gland. It calcifies your pineal gland. There's so many things in our world, in our atmosphere. It's in our food. It's the fluoride that's in your fucking toothpaste. It's blocking and calcifying your pineal gland. Okay, go ahead and dive down that rabbit hole. If you already know, you're with me. So many people are already fucking with me. You guys are with me. So just stay with me. There's so many things out there in our environment that uh, calcify your pineal gland. So that means a lot of people don't have access to this pineal gland fucking connection. Now, luckily for me, I did. I do. I was working on it. Meditation, you know, I use a fluoride-free toothpaste. I drink filtered water, um, fluoride, aluminum-free uh, deodorant. You got to stay away from these toxic chemicals. I'm telling you, it's in, it's in all the fucking fast food, processed food. It's in the bullshit, all right? So combination, meditation, yoga, breathing exercises, plant-based diet. Now, my shit was fucking, I was lit, dog. I was fucking lit, dude. Like my peel net, my, my pineal gland was fucking fired up. So that brings us to the day they introduced me to DMT. I went first. <laughs> Mind you, this was like one o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday. All right. Just an average fucking day. We're out shooting photos in the city. And uh, we were sitting on a couch in a dirty ass fucking glass blowing uh, shop. And I did DMT, ladies and gentlemen. I did the Deemster. And I may have missed it. Help me understand what's so special about you. Dude, that's the day I realized I'm an alien. Yeah. Okay. I hit that DMT. Doobie Master fucking set me up. We did dabs. You know what I'm saying? We did a big bat dab. Big fat dab. He's like, all right, you're going to take this hit. Take it all in and hold it in for as long as you can. He set up his phone. He found some music on the YouTube and like set it on the couch next to me. He just pressed play. And I took the hit and I leaned back on the couch. I leaned back. I had my sunglasses on. I held that hit in. Now, if you guys know anything about DMT... If you guys know anything about the DMT, um, DMT visuals, let's look that up. 
Oh, shit, son. Kind of. Uh, that's kind of it, too. Um, eek. I'm thinking, like, geometric patterns. Hurry the fuck up. What the fuck is this? Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is it. Holy shit, this is tripping me out. All right, guys, watch. Now, when you hit the DMT, you start to kind of like blotch out these like uh, geometrical shapes, these geometrical patterns, right? Like sacred geometry, okay? Sacred fucking geometry, dude. You start fucking like, it just starts going. And uh, this is what it looks like. See, it's normal. And then it starts kind of tweaking. It starts tweaking a bit. Tell me you see it. Look. We're watching a video. All right, look. You jump into these patterns right here. These things are taking shape in your brain. I mean, you're still in the room. You're still, like, in the room seeing the stuff. But you're like, it takes over. It fucking completely takes over. And it brings you to another world. It's it you it opens your eyes to things that you've you've never seen before because essentially our eyes and our brain have these blockers on. Dude, I need to play some fucking trip music or something like that. I mean, uh... You know, I believe that DMT it unlocks these it removes these filters. It removes these like filters of life, like real life that we can see right now. Like none of this is basically any, none of this shit's fucking real. None of this shit's fucking real. Like this is what happens. This is what happens. This takes you into the fucking, the next world, the next realm, bro. You can kind of like, it sounds like this too. Like you can hear frequencies. Like you just launch, you go into another world. And then, if you're lucky, you start to see, you start to see, like, entities. You know, for me, I saw, I saw these, like, feminine spirits, these feminine bodies. It reminded me of, like, white zombie album covers. Like, these, like, just female, feminine, like, spiritual goddesses. And... They basically told me, they showed me that they are in control of, like, life. Like, they could pull my plug any fucking second. And it's not like they were saying it using English words, because they were talking in spirit world language. And I was understanding it, because you got no choice, dude. Like, it's kind of scary, but it's also at the same time, like, you're getting these messages. And it doesn't, it doesn't last very long. Maybe, like... 10 minutes, dude. Maybe like five, 10 minutes. You're, you're in this deep, deep fucking world. You see this shit. You see a ball like that. I've seen a ball like that before. You see. Oh, you can hear those kind of sounds. I'm not fucking kidding you, dude.
No fucking joke. Everything I looked at was beautiful. Now when I when this stuff went away and I got back into the room, everything I looked at was just so incredibly beautiful. I had a new appreciation for everything I was seeing. And uh We'll just leave that going. So we were in a glass blowing facility, like a, a studio, and it was like filthy, right? This is like a dirty studio. They use Q-tips to clean their glass, especially like smoking the dabs, the dab rigs, to clean the little fucking nail or whatever, the bowl. You use these uh, Q-tips. So there's Q-tips everywhere, and they look gnarly. They're like disgusting. But I, I looked down in front of me and there was there was a Q-tip on the ground. It was filthy. But to me, at that time, seeing the energetic existence of that Q-tip, it was so phenomenal. It's so fucking beautiful. Now, I, I get it. I get it. I sound like a fucking hippy-dippy, like I'm tripping, right? But let's go with it, okay? Everything was beautiful. I looked at the wall. I looked at everything around me. And it was just so incredible, dude. Like, I was just coming back from this far land that I traveled to. And I was looking at my hands. My hands were like these long alien fingers. Like, big, long, fucking predator, fucking alien-ass fingers, dude. Like, long alien hands, dude. I'm telling you, dude. I was looking at my shit like it was the first time I seen my body. I was like being reborn into my body. I launched, dude. I fucking launched. Boy, for my first time doing the deems. And I was just waking up into my body. I was looking at the clothes that I was wearing. I, I was wearing some Adidas. Oh, no. I was wearing some Pumas. And I had these green socks that had marijuana leaves on them. And my mind couldn't even comprehend fashion at that point. I was like, dude, that's way too fucking sick. I'm not ready for fashion yet. I was just coming back into my existence. Looking at my hands, looking at my body, just like, oh my God. Holy crap, dude. I was an alien. I was a fucking alien. I am an alien. All right? I'm okay with it. All my questions of like life after death, heaven and hell, didn't have those questions anymore. I felt like I knew the answers of the before life realm and the afterlife realm, the spirit world. And the spirit world's all around us. It's all around us right now. We are in the spirit world. But this is what I'm telling you. We have filters. We have blockers on. We have motherfucking blockers on that prevent us from seeing this shit. Space, dude. Spirit world. It's all around us. The DMT goddesses are here right now, dude. Call me crazy, but I think I can feel it right now. Ooh. This is wild, dog. There's this brand. I'm not doing a fucking ad, but I'm telling you, like, there's this brand called uh, No Choice. They make these EMF protective uh, phone cases. But I'm bringing it up because they have like all these like crazy shapes and patterns on all their uh, apparel. And 
they even make these webcam covers. You can throw these webcam covers on your fucking MacBook. You know what I'm saying? If you're into that. No choice. Go check them out. But some of their patterns and designs sort of remind me of that, like DMT and geometric shapes and patterns. There's something to it. There's something to like frequencies, patterns. It all has meaning. Okay. I'm not trying to digress too far here, but this DMT, man, I'm telling you, dog, this changed my life. Okay. This um, changed my life, dude. So that's what happened on a regular old day in Seattle to me. Brought to you by the homies. And uh, that wasn't the last time I did it. Meanwhile, I mean, this is... Fuck. Fuck. 2018. I went to Summer Meltdown. It was in the summer of 2018. I went to Summer Meltdown. This was probably in August. Now, I had done DMT a few times that year. A few more times I did it. And uh, we even we even did it on the Lifted scene on our podcast. We did that like live um, with a few friends, you know. We had Flynn in there, fucking Oleg, Hollis, Vanzel. I even think my girlfriend at the time did it too. But, you know, you need to do enough of it to where you fucking launch. You need to do enough of it, like take like a few hits, really hold it in, and you get out there. Because if you don't get out there, then you just sort of mildly experience it. But you still will experience something. I didn't launch every single time I've done it, but these uh, other couple times, I fucking launched. We'll keep the music going here. Vibe with me, folks. Vibe with me, guys. Okay. I am going to wrap this up. We're, we're creeping on an hour and a half here. So my point is DMT changed my life. The two-hour happy thought experiment changed my life. I'm leading into this. I'm just going to go right to it. we got to get to summer meltdown. Now, I've done DMT a couple times. Um, and it uh, that summer, we went to this concert. It's like an EDM show in the woods in Darrington. And I went the year before. We camped out. It was a good time. But for some reason, summer meltdown of 2018, it was perfect. This is when I got the ultimate message in my life. This was the game changer. Now, all these events leading up to this steered my life in the trajectory of this moment. So I went to Summer Meltdown. It's like a weekend-long festival. I think I went for at least two or three days. We get there. Maybe it's like a Friday night. We get there. And uh, the homie Eric hooks me up with some mushrooms. He's like, help yourself, dude. Help yourself. So I'm no stranger to these psilocybins, all right? psilocybin really works for my brain. Now I've got some experience with it. I had started small way back in the day when I was like 26 or 27, you know, sorry, mom, sorry, dad. If you guys are listening, whatever dog, this is just how it is. Trust me. Look at me now. Look at me now. It all worked out. Okay. It all worked out. Okay. So trust me now. Psilocybin really worked in my brain. You know, the first time I did shrooms, I guess you can call it shrooms. I uh, was in uh, Moses Lake, and it wasn't the first time, but it was one of the earlier times. I remember being in Moses Lake, eating some shrooms, 
and having a real fucking fantastic moment with the stars and the moon. And this is, you know, started opening my eyes. So in the mean, in the meanwhile, I've, I've done mushrooms a few times and it just, it just felt great. It really blended with my brain. It really brought me some spiritual awakenings and connections and realizations. So anyways, summer meltdown, we get there and uh, I just started eating some mushrooms and I was drinking a couple of beers, smoking a little bit of weed. And it was, I was just having the most perfect night of my life. I just felt so good. I was working on being positive. So I had fixed these neurons in my brain. I was super happy. I was just in a great mood. I'm telling you like, sure. These are intoxicationized levels where it's a fucking EDM festival, dude, with like fucking like lights shows in the woods and reggae bands and edm dude i'm not even into edm but there's these fucking like rave tents so it's like a party scene but at the same time there's some elements going on that are almost unexplainable that's i think what that's what brings these people back to it so i'm telling you that night everything's perfect everything's just rock and roll mushrooms maybe i fucking dipped my finger in some mdma did a fucking little dipper a little fucking dipper did so I'm telling you i had a couple beers smoking a little bit of weed a little dipper eating some mushrooms and i'm telling you like i had the most perfect i was just leveled i came up with this saying because i just i was connecting with this different energies and frequencies and i came up with a saying because i was looking at stuff <laughs> and i was just looking at shapes I was looking at the shapes of things and I was seeing these hidden meanings inside the shapes. I'll tell you something. This, you might not understand this part, but I went to the porta potty, right? I went to use the restroom in the porta potty. Now, you know those uh, glow sticks? You know those little fucking glow sticks, right? That you wear on your wrist, crack them open, you put them on your fucking wrist, you know? There was a, in the urinal, sorry, I'm getting a little graphic here, but in the urinal, there was a glow stick inside so you can see because it was nighttime it was super dark so you need to see where you're fucking going to the bathroom and there was a glow stick in there and the glow stick was chilling in there and the way it was reflecting light inside the urinal it created a face like a transformer face i saw a face in the urinal because of the light and it was like the shape of the urinal you wouldn't even think that if you're just on a job site construction site just like Looking at a urinal, taking a whiz, you wouldn't see it. But the way it was dark, the light reflected these shadows and the contours of the plastic to where I saw a little face. I saw a face in the urinal. And I thought, that's like, there's, that's funny. I was like, dude, I see shapes and these shapes are telling me jokes. And I had this fucking motto saying in my head. I just said like, everything's shapes, everything's jokes. And I just, I took that. I ran with that for the fucking entire weekend. I took that with me. It was a download. And I just thought, just kept saying to myself, I was like, everything's shapes. Everything's jokes. Everything's shapes. Everything's jokes. This is the beauty of life. This is why life is so fucking beautiful. When you can see the positive aspects of life, the fucking beauty in life and how lucky we are to be here, how lucky we are to exist. If you're fortunate to fucking find this, your life will change. I guarantee you, you're on a fucking great streak of living. 
when you realize that you have hands and arms and you can breathe and your body works and you're healthy, when you have this gratitude, oh, that's another thing I was doing. I was practicing a lot of gratitude this whole time. I've been practicing gratitude. That's part of the law of attraction stuff. You practice gratitude. You're just thankful for everything you have. Therefore, you'll have more things to be thankful for. Feel me? Zig Ziglar type shit. So practicing gratitude. So I'm just, I'm just vibing. Everything's shapes. Everything's jokes. Dude, I found this fucking spot. I found this place in my brain of like, all right, this is life. It's unbelievable. I think I even like shed some tears, dude. I remember getting emotional because, you know, that's what these things, these, uh, take a little dip of the MDMA, dude. Fucking, uh, you just get extremely overwhelmed with how incredible life is. Maybe that's not for everybody. Maybe people are just on their little party trips. But I know for me and my own super centric, like perception of what I was experiencing, like my own selfish perception of my experience in that moment was just so much gratitude and just being so stoked on life and how incredible life was. Life was just, life is incredible. So this, again, this changed my life. This changed the way I thought. It changed my mindset and I took it with me. So fast forward to the next night at Summer Meltdown. The next day, we hung out by the river and uh, one of my friends had a jug of orange juice. What's he do with the orange juice? He fucking just dumps a pile of fucking MDMA in the orange juice. And fucking, I knew there was MDMA in there. And I fucking like hit that orange juice a lot. We were just chilling by the river, having a good time, drinking some beers, getting some sun, sitting in the river. Just sitting in the river like a fucking kid, dude. Sitting in the river like a duck, just splashing, dude. Just fucking having a good time. Gosh, that was a good time. And uh, that MDMA was kicking in, bros. It was fucking kicking in. And I remember a few hours later, I was just sitting on the ground like, overwhelmed with how incredible life was and I was like kind of like crying because I just was every second every 10 seconds it was it was just hit me like oh my god oh my god fuck dude life is incredible life is incredible holy shit holy fucking shit holy shit that's just all I could think about man is having these uh realizations you know sure under the influence whatever dog it was working for me it was therapeutically, psychologically working for me. It was benefiting me. I wasn't just tripping. I wasn't just some kid tripping in the woods. I was in therapy in these woods. Whew. Boy, oh boy. Now, here's the kicker. Day two, that night, we were walking around the woods. I'm telling you, Darrington, if you know anything about fucking Summer Meltdown, um, let's see if we can find it so I can give you a visual interpretation, my bros. Summer Meltdown. Na, 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 Come on, my bros. Face Nectar. Oh, come on, bros. See, look, I mean, it's a concert, you know? People having a good time. Was that Eric? Shut the fuck up. No, I don't think so. All right, campground. Check it out. Trip tent. Little fucking uh, arena thing. So everybody's camping, chilling, having a good time. Dude, I bet we weren't very far. We weren't very far from there. 
Um, so that's the woods. That's Darrington. And uh, yeah, so that's where you're at. So I mean, I remember sitting in the dirt somewhere, having a good old time. There's the river. Oh, shit, dog. This is the river, dog. This is where we were chilling. This is we were chilling. We were chilling so hard. This is where I was drinking the orange juice, my bros. I was drinking the orange juice, my bros. Having the best time of my life. Best time of my life. Best, 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 best time of my life. Best time of my life. Okay, I got to fucking wrap this up. Sorry, guys. This is going on to getting on to two hours. I'm going to try and cut it at two hours, okay? So, river. Deemster. Bam. Drummer guy. Okay. So that night, when I was in the woods, something came over me. I was getting a message. I was getting a message. I truly believe God was speaking out to me. After the, this was day two at night. I just found this place in my brain. I think people were smoking DMT because I could smell DMT. I could smell it outside. I could smell it. You can smell DMT in the nature. Like you really can. And I fucking smelt it. And then there was this moment we were just walking through the woods. We were staring at trees. We were hugging trees, dude. We were looking at the root systems, talking about the root systems down at the ground, how they're all fucking interconnected. Oh, man. And uh, I got this message. Believe it or not. Here's the kicker, ladies and gentlemen. Drum roll, please. Los Angeles and, uh, and, nope. uh, um, wrong. Nope. America is a nation that can be defined in a single. Nope. Wrong one. Okay. So drum roll. I got this message in my brain that night. Here it is, guys. The message told me, believe it or not, it said, get into real estate. There was a big booming message. Loud as loud and clear, bright as day. From my perception, it was God talking to me and he was telling me, he was just telling me loud and clear. He was like, bro, get into real estate. This is your next thing, buddy. Get into real estate. All right. I didn't have any plans on getting into real estate. Maybe when I was growing up, this was a back, far back thought. Okay. Far back thought. So this is what hit me. And I told my friends, dude, I told them, I told them right then and there. I was like, dude, I just got a message. I just got a message. God left a voicemail in my brain and said, fucking get into real estate, dude. So uh, fast forward to uh, that weekend, that week when I got home, that's when I made the call. I made the call to uh, my uncle and uh, he's the real estate master, the guru. I hit him up. Um, and then, uh, I started real estate school. I started real estate courses after that. That is the kicker. Sorry if it wasn't as climactic as you guys were expecting, but this, okay. So I got that idea. So the next day, day three, day three, fucking meltdown. This is the come down day. This chill day. You're wandering around. You're fucking, you're just fucking brain dead. Nothing. You're fucking loopy. Now I was wandering around. I was like wandering around the little village, you know, food, there's t-shirts, clothing brands and stuff. And then I, I went to the little amphitheater place and I sat down. I just sat down next to this guy. He was like a Jamaican dude, you know, a dark skinned fella. He had like dreadlocks and one of them fucking Rasta hats. And I just sat down, something fucking sat me down and I talked to him. I just started saying, like, Hey, what's up, man, dude, how you doing, dude? Blah, blah, blah. 
And he's like, hey, you got any weed? And I was like, yeah. you want some weed? I'll get you some weed. I can get a fucking bowl of weed. He's like, can you get a bowl of weed? Get a bowl of weed. Go get a bowl of weed. I'll be here. I was like, dude, I got you, dog. I got you. I was just pumped. So I go back. I go to Eric. I just say, yo, I need a bowl of weed. I need a pipe. I just need a bowl of weed. He's like, I got you, son. Fucking hooked me up. I grabbed that bowl. I went back and to this dude. And I, I, so I go back and I told the dude, I was like, yo, man, I'm back. Dude, I told you I was going to come through. He's like, I knew you would. I knew you would. He's like, let's, let's spark that up. We start hitting this bowl together. And the homie, he was a, like, I could just tell he was a very spiritual guy. He just had that fucking vibe. Sometimes when you meet people in life, especially at these festivals, like some people just have this fucking spiritual, energetic vibe about them. He embodied all of this stuff. Now, he told me after he took a few hits, he told me, he's like, he just settled into it. And he goes, he's like, he's like, you, my friend, you, you're a cosmic. What did he say? Oh, he called me this. He said, he said, you are a cosmic schoolhouse being. That's what he called me. He told me I was a cosmic schoolhouse being. He said I was here to teach people about spirituality, I guess. He's, I was here to fucking like do something very special in life, you know? And then he goes on to tell me, he said, in your life, in the future, you are going to accumulate large sums of money. You are. He told me this shit. Now, I had been working on my affirmations the past fucking year. This is what I've been like doing in my life. I've been affirming myself that I am going to be wealthy. I am wealthy. I'm rich. I'm wealthy. You know, money is attracted to me. I easily, you know, money is always getting into my life. I am easily attracted to money. I'm a magnet to money. You know what I mean? These are my affirmations I was saying. And so talking to this guy and him just hit me with it, looking me in the eye, telling me in your life, you are going to come into large sums of money. So sure, you can take this on the other side. He could have been full of shit. Could have just been tripping. I could have been fucking on one. But he told me I was a, uh, a celestial schoolhouse being and I was going to come into some large sums of money. Now, I told you, fucking God sent me a message and said, get into real estate. You guys, this is my personal story, okay? If you're not into it, I don't give a shit. I don't talk about this stuff a lot because this is my personal story, dog. So this is what's gotten me to where I am today. Let's take a sip of the water, okay? All right, we're going to wrap it up here, guys. I don't know if I'm going to sing a song today or not, but I'm not. I'm not going to. It's too late. Next time. So that's what happened. After Meltdown, I uh, started taking the online real estate courses with Rockwell. And so 2018, I was I started school in maybe October-ish. So I spent a few months doing school. And then I went and took the real estate exam, failed. And then I went and took the real estate exam again. Forgot my fucking ID. I still had to pay. It was considered a fail. And then I fucking buckled down and goddamn took my real estate exam three times. Three times. 
and I passed. Yeah, yeah. Booyah, bitch. Uh-huh. I passed. So it took me three times to get my real estate exam, to get my license. And then uh, I just lucked out after that. Every single thing that happened, I lucked out. I mean, 2019, I got my real estate license in March 2019. Um, right away, there was a position that opened up with my uncle's brokerage for a new home builder. And I just jumped in and started learning real estate. And uh, I only made $2,500 that year. 2019, in real estate, I made $2,500. Now, I had some side gigs in photography and video that was trying, trying to keep me alive. Um, when I was starting real estate, dude, I took fucking buses to goddamn Redmond, took buses to Bothell, you know, like I was working so hard for this real estate thing. I just knew, I just knew, I just knew, I just knew that this was, it was hard, dude. It wasn't easy, but I just buckled down. I put my head down and I fucking busted ass and committed myself. And, you know, my uncle was mentoring me and he was teaching me things and he, he gave me a book called. Um, the science of getting rich by Wallace Waddles. If you want to read that book, check it out. The science of getting rich by Wallace Waddles. He gave me his own personal copy. So I started reading that thing on the regular and, uh, eventually boom, 2019. Um, I became the listing agent of a new home community in black diamond. And, uh, you know, I busted ass. I learned real estate. I started fucking, signing contracts and learning contracts and learning real estate, learning sales. And, uh, finally 2020, that was my first year. I had a fucking successful year. I actually met my goal. Now, when I go back to those affirmations, those affirmations that I was, uh, working on for quite some time, I set a goal for myself. I set a financial goal for myself and I met that goal in 2020. Okay. I met that goal in 2020. So, uh, all the shit that I was working for, working towards, it all came true. So long story short, if you know somebody or if you're trying to fucking affirm your brain and change your neuroscience and you're meditating and you're writing affirmations down, you're doing the fucking work, you're doing the fucking dirty work, dog. It like, if you keep going, it's going to pay off. Now, fucking A, take it from me. I was down in the dumps. Dude, I was on the verge. I didn't want to fucking live at one point in my life. But I changed it. I started meditating, started writing affirmations, changed my diet, started focusing on fitness. And then boom, dude. Seriously, in 2020, when shit hit the fan in fucking March, I'm not going to say what it was. Let's call it Schmoschmid, the Schlamdemic, dude. Dude, like right then and there, sure, I was going through a rough patch because I broke up with my... And a relationship ended. So I moved out. I moved into different places. I lived in Kent in a shared fucking house, a shared room house, dude, for a few months. And I moved to Enumclaw. I lived with a bunch of fucking, a couple of 65-year-olds, dude, on a fucking farm for a couple months. Dude, it was rough and hard, but I was working so hard. And then, dude, it all paid off. Long story short, everything paid off. 2020 was a successful year, and I met my goal. I had a financial goal, and I fucking achieved it. And... I just kept going. I kept going. And everything's been working out ever since. Here I am. Check it out. Podcast, dude. I'm in the fucking podcast world, dog. I mean, shit. Is it possible you're wrong? No, dude. It is not fucking possible. Are you delusional? Do, no. Are, do you suffer from a mental illness? No, dude. I, um, I'm fucking straight, dog. Like, everything's fucking great. 
every time I go to the grocery store and the cashier asks me, hey, how you doing? How's your day going? I tell him, perfect. I'm fucking perfect, dude. Everything's fucking perfect. Life is perfect. Everything's fucking great. You got to tell yourself these things. You got to tell yourself you're a winner. You got to tell yourself you're rich. If you see a quarter on the ground, you thank that quarter out loud. You say, fuck yeah, quarter. Thanks for showing up in my life. Thanks for fucking showing up. Money has attracted me. No matter what, you're a magnet to money. If it's a penny, if you see a penny on the ground, bro, that's a sign, dude. Start paying attention to signs. Paying attention to numbers. Pay attention to synchronicities. I'm not even fucking shitting you. We're going to, this is, all right. This is the trajectory of this show. I'm going to keep telling you guys this kind of shit. We're two hours in. We're going to fucking hit the road. We got to go to bed. It's 9-11, dog. It's 11 o'clock. It's almost 11.09. We're going to take it out, dude. We got to get out of here. Um, what song are we going to do? Let's fucking sing a song. Let's fucking sing a song. I don't give a shit. Let's just fucking sing this fucking number right here, dog. We're going to sing uh, a corn song. I don't give a shit. I'm going to try it anyway. So let me fucking get the lyrics because they don't have the lyrics here. Okay. You guys ready? I'm going to fucking bang this fucking number out. I don't give a shit, dog. Here we go. Trash off of issues. Good night, everybody. I love you guys. Stick around. Did it start? Well, I don't know. I just feel the craving. I see the flesh and it's just there for the taking. These little girls, they make me feel so goddamn accelerated. I feel the mob, I won't give it up. The pain that I'm just erasing. My tell my lies and I despise every second I'm with you. So I run away and you still stay so what the Let's rock, dude. Fuck shit up! Y'all feel it? I can't help but rape them. I'm sorry, I don't feel the same. My heart and side is constantly hating. I'm sorry, I'd throw you away.
Everybody. Everybody. Peace, Peace the fuck, fuck out, out, okay? Oh, God, oh, dude. God. Thanks, guys. Woo! All right. I'm embarrassed, and I'm fucking out of here. Sorry about that. That kind of hit me really hard. We'll take it out with some Attila, all right, guys? Rock the fuck out. Peace!